been watching this thing recently, actually just now, about uh, the occult. And most people, when they hear the word the occult and they see the symbols of the occult, they think automatically Satanism, devil worshippers, all that. And it's actually not that at all. Some occult people have been Satanists, but then again, priests of the Catholic Church fuck little boys. So let's, let's just put that out there, okay? There's bad and there's good in everything. The occult simply means hidden. There's a reason why I'm telling you this, because it applies to all natural law, so to speak. Now, there's seven principles, predominantly, of the occult, and they're called the seven hermetic principles, which comes from Hermes, which is the guy, you know, Egypt, all that, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece. And a lot of these principles, well, I think three of them are pretty much the same thing, as above, so below, cause and effect. Everything that has a cause will have an effect. And the reason that it's hidden is because people, as a mass, need to be controlled. Okay, when there's a bunch of people that are just running amok, doing whatever they want to do, shit starts to go bad really quickly. As we could tell with the Egyptian civilization, with before them the Atlantis civilization, all these civilizations that have reached the peak is because all of the people started believing and knowing that these laws, so to speak, and acting upon them freely. And then kind of the civilization collapses on, on itself. I think I don't I don't know this, but I'm 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 assuming here. So, the last episode that I just posted is going to be re-rolled into this one. I just deleted it because uh, it was a lot of ips, hiccups and stuff that I don't want to want to iron out in this case. <clears throat> I'm still going to touch on the same things, but in a different way. Okay. So, as above, so below. What does that mean? And like the thing is, when I started watching this video, I was like, this guy's going to tell me a bunch of shit that this is hidden knowledge that nobody wants you to know. But at the end of the whole thing, he's really not going to tell you anything new. He's not going to tell you anything like mind-blowing. Oh, my God. And it, it says even in the beginning of the video, like, this video will change your life. It's not going to change your life. It'll change your life if you decide to. But then again, anything can change your life if you decide to. One thing that I always say is that you cannot be comfortable ever. You, can, you should never be comfortable. As soon as you find that comfort level of, I like things just the way they are, that's when your decline starts to happen. So you always, the only thing constant about you and your life, if you want it to be as good as you can, as good as it can be, okay, the only thing that's constant is that you're always changing. Right? So to be ever-changing is the changeless state because the one thing that doesn't change is that the fact that you're always changing. That stays the same. Right? As above, so below. Is everything that happens on the outside as like the macro, so to speak, existence happens on the inside of you, your own existence. Once you understand that, it begins to make some things a little bit clearer. For example, the more you know about people, like if you study psychology, psychiatry, whatever, you understand how the human mind starts to work. You understand why people do certain things, why people act a certain way towards you or towards other people. Once you understand why they're doing it, you kind of let them give, become a little, a little bit more lenient towards it. So you, you 
let them not, not get away with things, but because you're understanding it, it doesn't hurt you as much as it did before. Or you don't, it doesn't affect you as much. And for the most part, the fact that three of these principles out of the seven are pretty much the same thing, it only begs you to act in a positive manner. Meaning, if you go out there and you're fucking shit up all the time, it's going to fuck shit up on you. The universe will fuck shit up on you because you're fucking shit up. Likewise, if you're doing something good all the time or just trying to find the positivity in anything, then the universe will reciprocate in that towards you. It will usually never happen. Very, very rarely does it happen instantly. It usually happens later on because time... The universe, you know, it does what it's got to do. You don't, we can't figure out why it does it when, it, when it does, but it always seems to happen at the right time. Like the shittiest possible day always happens at the shittiest possible day. Like the Murphy's Law is because of that exact principle. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong because you have set it up that way. Okay, so if you're a person... spends their life taking and I don't mean accepting I mean taking taking not necessarily what's not yours but if there's three slices of pizza or three slices of pie with three cookies on the table and there's four people one person takes one cookie now there's two are you going to take that cookie or are you going to see if the other people are going to take it first if you're going to take that cookie without considering what the other people might have the need for and the cookies are just a metaphor here but if you take it then you're a taker and you take most of the time most of your life and the thing is once you set yourself in that mindset or any any mindset it's very very hard to come out of it because you don't realize that you're doing it you don't realize that you're a taker you don't understand that what you're doing is you're creating circumstances for yourself to fuck yourself up and then you wonder why all these things are happening to you. And when somebody comes along and tells you the truth about why these things are happening to you, that it is your own fault, that you set it up, most of the time we don't want to hear it and we think that they're crazy or stupid or whatever wrong. Most people that are takers will expect things to be given to them when they're not taking. So on the odd chance that they're not going to take the third cookie or the second cookie, they expect people to offer them to you, which usually never happens because fuck you, you know? People like me, there haven't been too many people like me that I've met. I'm probably out there somewhere. I just, maybe I don't hang out in the right crowd. Who knows? Most people like me know what it's like to be a taker. But we do whatever we can to not do it anymore because we understand that when we take, nothing gets given to us. We must take everything. And that's not a cool life to live. You don't want to live a life of take. And maybe you do, but eventually you're going to look yourself in the mirror one day and you're going to start to cry because your life has been lived in vain for no reason. You serve no purpose and you have no power. The power exists in this universe, in this life that we're living here, on this little rock that we call Earth. It revolves around being kind, good, and positive thinking. There's always going to be people that are negative. There's, you can't help that because people are different stages in their lives with different upbringings 
and they can't all be the same and nobody can be perfect because like I said if everything was to be perfect the civilization would literally collapse into itself if you notice anything about politics I don't really like to do, do, delve into politics too much because I personally think that it's two sides of the same coin red, blue doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day somebody explained to me what a Republican and a Democrat is and I tried to like dig into their explanation a little more and eventually they came up with the same the same thing for both the Republican and a the Democrat they both want the same thing just in a different way of like seeing it but wh- why why is there a difference and why is there such a separation because as human beings as a mass of human beings we need to be controlled because if we're not controlled we're fucked everyone dies eventually <clears throat> so why am I saying this to you now Perhaps that there's people listening to this podcast that do not know that they're takers. And now, after hearing this, they'll understand what I'm talking about. Maybe they'll start to see that in themselves. Maybe they'll start to see their daily actions, their daily thoughts, and see how they are affecting their own lives as well as the lives of others. So if you see someone struggling to get up on a curb with a bag or cart of groceries... And you just look at them, you acknowledge the fact that they're trying to get up on this curb and you just have the means to help them, but you don't. That's taking. Because not giving, in that sense, is taking. You're not giving your knowledge. You're not giving your power. You're lending it to someone. If you're not doing that, you're withdrawing, so you're taking it from them. Because there's nothing for you to give it. Nothing for you to help that person up on the curb with the cart. But it is everything for you to not do that. It's even more to notice it and then still not do it. Just like the napkin that falls on the floor that no one sees. I really, really do hope that the takers that listen to this recognize what they're doing and little by little start to change their lives. And the way to change anyone's life is to stop being comfortable with comfort. You must start to change. And there's a really easy way to do that. You don't have to go donate all your money go live naked in the woods like St. Francis of Assisi did, but you could potentially start helping people around you by lending a little bit of yourself to them. Don't force it on them, but do it, right? So there's this guy that works in a restaurant that I don't work at, by the way. I'm a banker, so I, I bank, so I have a very vivid imagination. I've always dreamed of working in a restaurant, so I create these scenarios in my head of a restaurant that I work at and they're very very they seem real but they're not because if this was a real restaurant and things like this actually happened I mean it would be definitely podcast worthy if anything so (laughs) as a team the chefs at the restaurant there's four of us we work really really well together as a unit and I think this goes for any team and in terms of like military sports whatever whatever kind of team there is the reason the team works so well together is because there's individuals in this team that all lend a part of themselves to the team that the other people can't or, or don't do it as much. So one guy is a really fast runner, right? And he shoots the ball really well in soccer, for example. Or let's say in football, somebody throws the ball really well. He's going to be the quarterback. The wide receiver can't really throw the ball as well as the quarterback, but the quarterback doesn't run the patterns as the wide receiver does as well because he's, that's not what they do. So... Each member of the team lends something that other people, other members can't. So if you find yourself in a team of people, whether it's work or sports or whatever, even in life, friends, for example, you know, a group of friends, 
and you can't find that something or some things that you lend to the team that other people can't, then you need to change and you need to come up with something to do that because sooner or later, you're going to be out of that team. Because some people, although they start that way, they tend to not keep it up and then they're just floating. They're they're just a filler of space. They do what they need to do to get by on the team to not completely be shunned. But at the same time, they don't contribute that uniqueness or that something that the other people can't. It could be even trying, like, oh, so-and-so tries really, really hard. He tries harder than all of us. He doesn't really get it right all the time, but, man, this motherfucker tries. So that's something that he lends that we don't because maybe some of us don't need to try as much. Maybe some of us don't want to try as much. Maybe some of us don't give a shit because we're doing other things that are important for the team, the well-being of the team. But you have to implement something that other people don't. So this guy, the restaurant takes a vacation without notice for three weeks. Well, actually, it was more like a month. And upon his return, he says, I'm ready to come back one day when I'm making the schedule. And then the next day, he says, where's my schedule? And I say, well, hang on a sec. Let me finish it. So I put him on the two days he used to be off because we hired somebody else while he was gone because he was gone for a fucking month. And that somebody else turned out to be really, really good at what they do. So... To tell you the truth, we don't really need that first person at all. We could just tell them to go kick rocks because fuck you. You went on vacation without telling anyone we found someone else. So sorry, bro. You lost your spot. If you did it properly and adequately, we probably would have worked our way around and asked everyone else that's working on the team to be like, sacrifice one of your days, some of your days, to help this guy get back into the swing of things. Or I could have just done it without saying anything and... That's it, because I write the schedule. But I'm not going to do that, because you didn't consider the well-being of the team when you went on this vacation. You didn't consider telling us in advance. You didn't consider being kind about it. You considered, hey, this is, you owe me this. I'm taking this time off. I'm taking, I'm taking this time off. And now I want it back. Well, guess what's going to happen, bro? You can go fuck yourself. And that's exactly what Beck said and I said. And it was funny because I always, whenever people talk to me about the schedule and things like that, they always um, tell me that I'm wrong and, you know, how how can I do this? This is bullshit. And I always tell them, listen, you're more than welcome to tell, to bring your concerns to Beck and, you know, see what he says. Meanwhile, Beck and I talk more, I think, than anybody else on the team because I bother him constantly with shit and he texts me when he's, when I don't bother him enough, you know? (laughs) Or he calls me when I don't bother him enough. Mostly he calls me with discrepancies that I make because he's perfect and he doesn't make mistakes ever, you know? (laughs) But we do too. We do communicate very, very well together and a lot of communication goes back and forth. There's not a lot that gets slipped by either one of us. So if one of us knows something, there's a good chance that the other one knows it or at least knows of it. So when I tell people to go to Beck and see what he says, I already know what he's going to say. He's going to say the same thing I do. This is what makes us a good team because... We also think alike. So they're very, very surprised when Beck fires them the same thing that I did. And they're like, well, oh shit, these, both of these guys are fucking me up. Well, no, 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 my friend, you fucked yourself up. Okay? Balance exists everywhere. And every effect has a cause, and every cause has an effect. What you need to do is you need to start figuring out what these effects that you're experiencing are. Like, what are the causes to the effects that you're experiencing? And you need to recognize what causes are you generating that will later have an effect on your life that you might have forgotten, that you are the one that set up the causes. 
okay? Other than that, zombie apocalypse. This will be fun. So I talked about The Last of Us, which is a show based on a video game about fungus taking over the planet. The Pentagon actually has a zombie apocalypse plan. That is not a joke. It's a literal plan about what people would do, what they need to do if there's a zombie apocalypse. And I believe it was MIT, which is Michigan or Massachusetts Institute of Technology, actually ran a simulation, the computer generated, of what a zombie apocalypse would be like. And it doesn't matter if the zombies are fast or if they're slow. If you're in a metropolis area, you're fucked. So for the most part, Beck, Bobby, is they're fucking done. Um, Jammy James is probably okay because he lives all the way out in Staten Island by the water. And I'm in Jersey, but I don't know how well we'd be, how well off we'd be either because zombies are fucked up, man. They'll fuck you up. I think, if anything, I would probably go to my friend Pete's house. Pete's a guy that uh, is a prepper, but not too, too much of a prepper, but he's got a bunch of pickled vegetables in his basement, let's say that. And he told me that if there's ever shit hits the fan and I need to go seek shelter in his you know, domain, I need to remember the password, which is the name of his dog. And if I showed up onto his house with person or by myself and I needed to go in he would ask me for the password and if I didn't know it I would get shot and if I did know it I would not get shot and I would just as easily be let, let in because that's all he cares about just that password one one key phrase or one key word will get you in where if you don't know that word you're fucking death literally death so remember the important things and more importantly remember the impressions that you leave on people Okay, first impressions are very, very important. And in most cases, because you meet people for a short amount of time and you don't see them for the rest of your life, or maybe you see them once in a while, the impression that you embed into them of what you are, of that moment, is what that person thinks you're like all the time. So if you're having a shitty day and you're kind of short with somebody for the first time that you meet them, they're going to think that you're an asshole all the time. And it'll take you a long time to explain yourself that you're not, because that's their perception of you. More often than not, we tend to flow with our feelings and the way we are and first impressions, not considering that, hey, maybe I should really put my best foot forward here because I don't want this person thinking that I'm this kind of piece of shit human being. But we forget about that. We don't remember. And then later on, we wonder what happened. Why is this person treating me so badly? Why? can't I get this right? Why can't this person just like me? Well, because they think that you're a piece of shit. Because the first time they met you, you gave them no reason to believe that you're not. So, at the end of the day, if you say that, you know, if you take the responsibility for things that happen to you, if you say, yeah, I did that, you can understand the causes, the effects, you're on a good track. At the end of the day, you're always finding someone else to blame or some reason that you're not to blame you're not heading on, on towards the right path. For whatever reason you have for doing that, you're not heading towards the right path. And you might not care, which means that you're just going to have to go over it again the next time you're around. Because, I mean, I know that this is not my first rodeo. I'm pretty sure that none of you listening to this is your first rodeo either, considering you listen to this podcast by me, meaning we've spoken about this before. Maybe before we came down, maybe last time we did this, but however it is, if, you heard my vo- if you're hearing my voice now, you've heard it before, even though if you've never heard it before, that you remember. 
okay? If you don't believe me, you'll know soon enough when you die, okay? Or when you apparently, quote-unquote, die, because nobody really dies. There's been people that worked in hospices for dozens of years, 30 years, 40 years, and they've dealt with, you know, people dying. That's what they do. They just, they, they work with people that are dying, and they always, you know, have similar experiences, have similar stories to tell. Of course, science can't prove this because science can't see ghosts yet, but stuff like that. They always um, say the same thing. When the pe- when person dies, they don't really die. You kind of get immersed into the spirit realm, and then you you have a choice. You can either go back to be in another life, or you could, you know, join up with the rest of us up in the head of the octopus that we're all tentacles of. This is an immense feeling of love, immense feeling of oneness. Most people don't find that too comforting because they don't want to be a part of anything else. They don't want to consider the fact that me and you are the same thing. We're just different, like, expressions of it. They want to be their own individual selves, which is great and lovely, but when you die, when you see what I'm talking about and you understand what exactly I mean and you will remember my voice when you do understand this hopefully I'll put you a little bit more at ease but the idea here with this podcast of this specific episode is for you to understand that before you die so that the rest of the life that you live here will be lived in a manner of productivity and not just for everyone else but mostly for yourself this is about learning and if you're not learning You're fucking it up.